a mirthful and mystical evening to you, my listeners, my favorite people, people who I do not share a physical space with, but rather a metaphysical one, which I think we can all agree is really a much more intimate space in which we can together inhabit, as it allows us to be at once one and yet also many. You are all within me and I within all of you, but at a reasonable distance. Beautiful. My physical space has gotten rather unfortunately more intimate of late due to the encroachment of my producer's personal items seeming to take up more and more space in the studio. Dana, what on earth is all this? We discussed the possibility of you storing a few valuables in here after your eviction. (laughs) But I struggle to believe that 16 ficuses, a fiddle leaf fern, and a snake plant are all equally valuable. Why do you have so many indoor plants? My crystals have really been underperforming of late due to their displacement. You must agree that this situation is really the most unfair to the crystals. This was their home first. You can keep the snake plant, but the rest have got to go by tomorrow. Moving on. Houseplants notwithstanding, one thing I always welcome into my physical realm are listener gifts. And though we've only had the one envelope filled with loose glitter so far, which I loved, I'm feeling very excited about the ancient-looking wooden vessel Dana found nestled in our mail trough this evening. And since Dana has had a hard week, (laughs) I've invited her to come in and do the honors. Let's take a look, Dana. The lid, please. Stars and heavens above, hellfires below, and mildly dissatisfying purgatory in between. A monkey paw! Never in my wildest dreams did I. No, Dana, stop! Don't touch! What? Ah! 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 Shit punch! No, not King Ficus the 14th. Oh. Uh, oh my god. Oh my boja. Um, um, there is my body on the floor. It's right there, but when I open my mouth, her raggedy voice comes out, and so I must be... Oh, gross, does she ever trim her nails? This is not how this was supposed to go. Fucking monkey paw, what? No, 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 push it! Hello? Hi, host. Hi... Yeah, hoping you can help me. Uh, I fell off my roof while adjusting my UFO scarecrow after yesterday's solar flare, and I was trying your crystal healing technique on my exposed shin bone, but it doesn't seem to be working. Of course it's not, moron. Crystals are useless and stupid. Go to the emergency room. My diagnosis is you better hope the price of robot legs decreases in the very, very near future. Oh, that was easy enough. Hey, I'll thank you to discontinue the abuse of the ficuses. And show me that particular finger again, and I'll cut it off, I can promise you that much. By all means, continue to attempt to puppet my prostrate body in a pathetic weekend at Bernie's charade. It's working so well with just a tiny monkey hand. Mark me, break another stem, and I'll start ripping the coins off this shawl. Let's take another call, shall we? Hello, caller, what have you done? I haven't done anything. It's my girlfriend. She's... Useless. Break up with her. Bore me. Next. This is so easy. If you were just real with these late night weirdos, we could be out of here before sunrise every night. Don't mind if I do. Hello, caller. What is it that you think you've seen? There's a ghost living in my bread box. Ghosts aren't real. That's black mold and the brain damage it causes making you hallucinate. Clean your house, hoarder. Next. Next. 
Good evening, caller. What deep-seated but wrong-headed belief of yours can I question tonight? Um, hi. It sounds like there's a lot going on over there tonight, but I'm just trying to get some help finding my cat. Oh. Oh no, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I'm so sorry. Our living household companions are our family members. If my snake plant were to slither off, I'd be inconsolable, which is why I'm so glad he's a houseplant and can't move without my help. For sure. Anyway, we haven't seen Keith for 75 and a half hours now, so we're getting worried that... Wait, Keith? You named the cat Keith? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know why you'd name a cat Keith when you could name it something appropriate to its noble stature, like Tutankhamen or something. We just liked Keith. That's incorrect, but please continue, as there's a life at stake we can discuss an appropriate name change after little Tutankhamen is safely back at home. Have you called your vet yet to have his microchip location checked? We don't believe in microchipping. Keith is really independent, and we feel as though it would infringe upon his agency to lowjack him like that. That's also incorrect, all of it. Uh, you've brought an animal into your home and therefore made it your responsibility to care for and protect him. And part of that includes knowing where he is. So please, tell me what methods you're currently employing to locate him. Well, we love the call you did in 06 with that Australian zookeeper who wanted to help a sloth interpret its dreams because it kept letting go of branches in its sleep, and it turned out the sloth was having night terrors about the branches turning into an unknown but gelatinous substance. Oh, Jesus. So ever since then, we've kept an animal psychic on call, and this morning we made a lot of progress. Keith, the animal psychic, sensed that Keith, the cat, was scared and near stucco, so we began searching the area around Silver Lake and are working in concentric circles outward. There's so much to unpack in what you've just said that I'm not even going to begin. Seriously, this is real advice you gave? Animal psychics? Gross. Do not pull my own tongue out of my mouth with that nasty paw. This is bizarre enough as is without you touching my limp, lifeless body with that thing. I swear to God, when we switch back... Are you okay, host? You don't seem yourself tonight at all. Is your judgment chakra inflamed? Au contraire, mon frere. My judgment chakra is correctly aligned for the first time in my entire life, so it's your lucky day. Here's what I want you to do. Shit can Keith the animal bullshitter, grab a bag of Tuttencammon's favorite treats, which had better be grain-free because you sure as shit sound like the kind of asshole who feeds their pet a vegan diet. Shake those treats in your backyard until he comes a-running and feed him as many as he wants while showering him with adoring words and endless pettings and scratches. You know, it's actually much healthier for cats to eat only sweet potatoes No, nope, not and- done. Once wee baby Tutankhamen is soundly sleeping back in his own little bed, I want you to gently slip a soft leather harness with a GoPro attached to it onto the sweet baby boy's noble shoulders and encourage him to film his adventures so that he can fulfill his dreams of becoming the very first feline to win Best Documentary Short at next year's Academy Awards. And then, go get a microchip for fuck's sake. Thank you, you're welcome, and good night. I am on fire tonight, and now so is this shawl. Next, caller, please. Okay, here we go. We have Lil Beethoven. He's a rapper from the 305. Lil Beethoven. You know, it's about time someone paid homage to the musical geniuses who came before. I'm tired of these dumb SoundCloud rappers who are all named after cough medicines. Lil Beethoven, thank you for calling. I'm actually a bit of a Beethoven head myself. Uh, Perhaps we could discuss his unfinished Kafka miscellany. What? Oh, nah, fam. I'm named after the movie about a dog. 
I've seen eight and a half times. Woof, woof. I hate that. Why are you calling me? I'm trying to pump out the next thong song, but I'm stuck. Gross. I know, right? Rider's block. It sucks fat dong. Sorry, hit the soundboard there. Uh, anyway, writer's block. What do you want me to do about it? Bruh, hook it up with some supernatural. Like some voices in my head? Or can you give me some little creatures that spit dirty bars? <sighs> Hold on, let me see what we have. Sorry, we're fresh out. Ah, Sorry, soundboard again. Uh, anyway, looks like you'll just have to solve your writer's block the all natural way. Next! Wait, bruh. I've already tried everything. What have you tried? Well, I read this Insta story about having a morning routine. It's supposed to make you creative. Okay. Uh, what's your routine? I wake up every day at noon on the dot. Then I go to the strip club for lunch. Really? You go to the strip club every day? Yeah, it's networking. It's not. Then I go home and watch the movie Spring Breakers, because I love Dave Franco's brother, Spring Break. Okay. Man, what else? I usually play some NBA 2K4, because I figured if Beethoven played basketball, and I'm named after Beethoven, then I should play basketball too. You think Beethoven played basketball? Yeah, in the movie. Joins a middle school basketball team. He's the only dog on the team, but he's still the best player. They win the championship. You're not even talking about the right movie. That's, um, that's Air Bud. Oh, yeah. I guess I haven't seen the movie Beethoven. This is the worst conversation I've ever had. Oh, get him. Right hook. Right hook. Hello? Oh, sorry. This fight just broke out. My homeboy little nasal spray is catching on video. World star! World star. I can't do this anymore. I'm hanging up. Wait, 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 wait. Don't hang up. The fight's over. <laughs> Bruh, why do you keep playing that air horn? I told you. I accidentally hit the soundboard. But don't worry about it. I'm hanging up now. Wait, you know what? That air horn sound actually sounds pretty dope. I could mad listen to that all day. Come here, you little... Holy shit. Gotcha. I just had the best idea ever, yo. Bro, you might want to sit down for this. I could put air horns in my music. Don't do that. Music with air horns is trash. I gotta dip and go write this idea down, bro. This is Lil Beethoven signing off. Check me out at SoundCloud slash LilBTZ305. Woof woof. Forever. That guy is the worst. Let's get somebody else. Hi, host. I've been meaning to call in for a while now. There's this mold in the bathroom, and it's started to move. Bleach. Next caller. Um, yeah. Hi there. My grandmother is recently put in a nursing home, and I'm not sure about the staff. I think they might be reanimated corpses. I don't do old people. Next. Host, I am so glad I caught you. Reception's really spotty here in the Rockies. I am in the middle of a blizzard, but the snow, it's not white. It's red. My first thought was, it's some kind of curse. But then I remembered what my old pastor used to quote from Revelation, chapter 6. And I thought, you just might corroborate. Is the world ending? You're referring to the goddamn Bible, caller. No, we don't do that here. Hey, what's up? You're on. 
Is this the host? You called the number, didn't you? I think so, but usually there's more of a welcome. This is the host. Your problems are so important to us. Talk, etc. Oh, so this is the host. I've been having such a hard time lately being sure about things lately. Low self-esteem. I guess maybe. Not interesting. Next! Wait, I think my husband is trying to kill me. You can stay. We'll call you Francine. But that's not my name. Doesn't matter. That seems rude. It's fine. Oh, you know, host, I feel like that illustrates my situation perfectly. I feel like I can't trust my instincts anymore. Are you drinking enough water? I try to. Taking a lot of drugs? No. Are you being gaslit? What's that? Uh, Made to feel like you're crazy and a type of lamp. That's possible. But I think really the problem is with me. I've lost confidence in my own perceptions. Well, what evidence do you have that your husband's trying to kill you? I guess to start off, he's been making me wear hats all the time. What kind of hats? Mostly big floppy ones. He says it makes my situation more attractive. Is your situation your face? And my head. That's a little hostile. Nate's never been much of a charmer. Okay, well, what else you got? One morning, this woman from Nate's work showed up at our front door. When she saw me, she nearly fainted. She looked like she had seen a ghost. I never found out why she came to our house in the first place either. She just turned and ran. When I asked my husband about it, he said it was because I wasn't wearing a hat. (laughs) Uh, Weird. I don't think she expected me to be there. Uh Uh-huh. Anything else? Well, for a couple weeks now, he's had this kind of glowing aura around him. Everything has, actually. Okay. I I feel like I've been misled. None of these even remotely suggest that your husband is trying to kill you. Here's what's going on. He's developed a hat fetish, which is totally fine, but is cheating on you with someone from work and you need glasses. You think he's cheating on me? That's bad, right? Most people don't like it, but I'd say it's better than getting murdered. Well, that's good then. Do I have to keep wearing hats? Do you like hats? I don't know. Uh, how about you stop worrying about the hats and start working on getting a personality? How do I do that? That wasn't advice, caller. It was an insult. Oh, are you trying to kill me? No, thanks for calling. Oh, also, Nate says that I can't go on planes anymore. I thought that might have been something. Okay, but this is the last thing. Why can't you go on planes? Because I won't make it through security because of the pickaxe. The what? The piece of pickaxe in my brain. We were out mountaineering, and Nate accidentally struck me with a pickaxe. It should have killed me instantly. He must have thought it had. Otherwise, I'm sure he wouldn't have just left me out there to bleed out in the snow. But when the rescue workers arrived, I was still breathing. They had to leave a piece of the pickaxe in my skull. Taking it out would have killed me. But the whole experience severed a large portion of my brain, and it's affecting my reasoning. Thanks for being my guiding light host. I need to make a correction to my original assessment. Oh, I better go. My husband's home. He had just popped out to buy some plastic wrap and a shovel. I take it back. He is trying to... Hi, honey. Okay, that was not my fault. She could have led with the part about the pickaxe. But I guess that would have made it a very short call. No intrigue or suspense or anything. 
Um, at any rate, I'd like to take this opportunity to encourage you listeners. The scarcity is coming. It's time to prepare. Prepare for famine, cold, lack of water, and of course, in the time of little, it's every woman for herself. So please prepare for the eventuality of someone you love trying to kill you. We're nothing more than animals. <sighs> time for another call. Hello, you've reached the host. What's your problem? Okay, well, it might not be appropriate for younger listeners. I like it. Continue. My husband and I are having some trouble in the bedroom. Get a divorce. No, but it's not that simple. Okay, then get a lawyer to get a divorce. No, listen. My husband can't come unless he tells a knock-knock joke. Oh, like he'll start knock-knock. Yeah, <laughs> and he won't be able to maintain a, you know, unless I say, who's there? And that gets him all hot. It really does. And then he'll say, a little old lady, which I think is really weird. I don't like to talk about little old ladies while I'm having sex. But if you don't say it, he loses interest? Not exactly. Like I said, he can't come. He starts begging me, say a little old lady who? Please, say a little old lady who? And by then, I am completely turned off, so I just say it to get it over with. And then what happens? He tries to tell me the punchline, but I can't ever understand him through the, you know, the... <sighs> the moaning. <laughs> maybe that's the answer. I don't get it. Me neither, but maybe your husband's dumb. I don't think so. Well, you could always look it up online. I don't care about the punchline. I just don't like the situation. It fucking sucks. Okay. In lieu of divorce, I know what the host would say. I mean, I am the host, but what the host, who is me, would say is, uh, why not see if there are some knock-knock jokes that do turn you on? Maybe your husband could switch to those. Ugh, whatever. You're welcome. Uh, this is exhausting. Let's do an ad. Hey, I'm Vinny, and I take care of ghosts. I've been taking care of ghosts for 30 years, but I got a problem. There's this other group of busters who think they can come into our neighborhood and offer their services, going around telling everybody that if they see something strange to call them. Nah, nah, nah. I make the phone calls. You see something strange, you come down to see me, and I call my friends. That's the only phone call you need to know about. And when you come down to see me, you make sure you bring cash. Because you don't screw with Vinny. The last guy who came in here without cash, he tried to screw Vinny. He was like, oh, Vinny, I just need a little more time. I get you cash in two weeks, I swear. Two weeks. No, that's not how this works. Now, that guy is a ghost. Now, don't come in here without cash and don't call nobody else. See, because it would be a tragedy if something were to happen to your beautiful family just because you called the wrong person to take care of your ghosts. What a terrible mistake that would be. Let's review. See, you got a ghost problem. Who are you going to call? Trick question. I make the calls. You don't call nobody. Now, do we understand each other? Good. Okay, we're back. This is the host. Please state your name and reason for calling after the beep. Beep! Um, hello? This isn't really an answering machine, is it? Oh, of course not. No one uses those anymore. People can't even be bothered to listen to their voicemails while waiting in line at the post office for hours. Okay. It is so rude, don't you think? 
Yes. Um, right. Yes. Yes. <sighs> this is about you and your problems. What are they? Well, there's a mermaid living in the pool of my apartment complex. A mermaid? Yes. She lives in the pool in the middle of my apartment complex. What's wrong with that? That's the first thing I've heard tonight that, however improbable, sounds kind of nice. Not when she's trying to steal your boyfriend, it isn't. Oh, that's some hot gossip. Uh, it isn't gossip. It's literally about me. Are you okay? Oh, yes. Splendid. So, tell me more about this trollop who is trying to steal your man from what amounts to a watery cage in the middle of a concrete jungle. Well, she's using her wiles, obviously. Oh, what sort of wiles? She takes her top off when she's around to sun herself. Or, at least that's what she says. But whenever Antonio, the fat old guy, is around, she sure as shit is not sunning herself. So you're upset about when this woman takes off her shirt? That seems to be none of your business now, doesn't it? Of course it's my business. I'm literally right there. And Travis will just start looking right past me while I'm talking. Uh, one sec. Who's Travis? Travis, my boyfriend, Travis. Travis, who the mermaid is trying to steal away. What do you think she'd do with him? What? Well, if she stole him, where would she keep him? How would she feed him? She doesn't want him as a pet, obviously. She wants him as a boyfriend. <laughs> Why? What makes him so great that a mermaid, a beautiful, mythical woman with a fishtail, who can swim around this great world, would want to stay in an overchlorinated pool at some crummy apartment complex? Well... I mean, why is she even in your pool? Um... You haven't even asked her, have you? Well, no. I usually have my back to her while I stand between her and Travis. So you are worried about Travis, who, by the way, you haven't given me any compelling information about. While there is a woman literally trapped in your apartment complex? But... Oh, no. No, you don't. This woman isn't trying to date your stupid Travis. She's trying to use him to get free of her damn cage. Well... Why Travis, then? Does he look strong and not particularly bright? He looks medium bright. Well, there you have it. She doesn't want to romance him. She wants him to lift her out of the pool, put her in the back of his truck. He has a truck, I'm sure. And drive her back to the ocean, you nitwit. I beg your pardon? Well, you shan't have it. Your behavior is beyond pardon, as far as I'm concerned. That's not what I meant. You don't even know what you mean, you silly thing. A piece of advice. Oh! Really? Finally, I'm going to get some advice? Yes, you are. Hish. My advice is that you dump this Travis after he helps you return this poor mermaid to her rightful home. If you're going to spend this much time worrying about his affections, then what is even the point? Get a cardboard cut out of the rock, learn some daily affirmations, and have some self-respect. Also, the next time you see an isolated woman far from home, ask her if she's okay for the love of God. You're... You're right. Oh, what was that? I said you were right. Mm. Travis does make me feel insecure. And I don't have any idea how the mermaid got here or what her name is. I was just trying to protect what was mine. And do you want it? What? What was yours? Do you even want it? 
I guess not. Well, there you go. Get that woman to the ocean and call the cops on whoever put her in the pool in the first place. It is utterly inhumane. I will, host. Sorry, host. You're welcome. And I will forgive you at my leisure. <sighs> Name and reason for calling? No, sorry. You've reached the host, caller. Cast your essence into our temporal diaspora of evocation and wonder? Wait, what? What's the problem? I ate a bunch of really wild mushrooms that were growing on my porch, and now I'm having an experience. What kind? I don't know. Partly a magnificent experience. My being is awash with presence. Mine own eye is a lens to the Dharma, but also a terrible experience. My bowels are awash with cramping. My toilet toils to clear the emanations. That's disgusting. What kind of mushroom caller? Oh, are there different kinds of mushrooms? Yes, there are different kinds of mushrooms. Uh, why would you put it in your mouth if you don't know what it is? I thought it might give my béarnaise sauce that bam, that je ne sais quoi. What's with people not knowing their edible fungi? Let me tell you something, and this goes for all of you, because when it happens, and believe me, it's coming, there won't be grocery stores anymore, and you're going to have to forage what you haven't stored. And wait, no, put a pin in that. You might be low on time. Are you calling from the contiguous United States? Yeah. What region? Over leftish? What are your symptoms? The colors are so vibrant. But equally so are the pains in my abdomen. You ate C. Phalaris? Go to the doctor. Right. Okay. I'll have Mitt Romney drive me. Mm, what? Such bad timing. He showed up in my kitchen. He's looking for more women for his binders. Not as full as we thought. He's a hallucination caller. Do not let him drive you to the hospital. Hmm. Well, I mean, he is hauntingly white and pasty. Yeah, like a ghost or something? You're seeing things. No, that's why I think he's real. Mitt, I don't know what to tell you. Check the cabinets. You need to have your bowels irrigated ten minutes ago. Get to the hospital. Isn't there like an incantation for this? Or maybe another mushroom that fixes this mushroom? I like a natural remedy if I can't have a supernatural remedy. How many mushrooms are there? Go to the doctor. Mitt! Check the porch. Ooh, and look for more mushrooms while you're there. Go to the doctor. Oh, my tummy. Uh, whoa. Uh, whoa. Eh. Wow. Sorry, listeners. We usually have a highly underappreciated producer screening through some of these. The host, go. Hi. I just start? That is what I said. Go. Well... Hi, my name's Dave. Uh, I guess I don't really know where to start because I'm still trying to wrap my head around some of it. What's the lead, Dave? It's a, a toaster that plays chess. How does a toaster play chess? So it's got a panel of LEDs on the front from 1 to 8 to show the level of toasting. And a chessboard is an 8 by 8 grid, so 8 settings, it flashes two numbers, and that gives the board coordinates. That's a lot of settings for a toaster. Oh, it's crucial, though. If you put a bagel on either side of five, it's completely inedible. I bought the same model after I tried theirs. Mine doesn't play chess, but it's a top-shelf appliance. 
Gotcha. But you could make it play chess if you wanted to. It's really simple. You'd put RFID tags on all the pieces, connect the reader to a computer running a chess engine, and then Bluetooth the moves to the toaster. You could set that up in five minutes. No magic there. It's not that, though. How do you know? Did you play it next to a signal jammer in a lead line room? Because that's what I'd do. It can't be a computer. It plays exactly like my neighbor, Mr. Armin. So it's just that Mr. Armin is controlling the toaster somehow? That's impossible, too. He's dead. Oh, sorry. That's awful. Uh, when did you start playing with him? It's, uh, it's not really a flattering story. It might be important, though. Well, I had known these people from seeing them in the hallway, and they'd invite us over for dinner every once in a while, but we never actually went. Um, just too busy. Plus, my fiancé kept to a really strict food regimen, so she was always kind of hesitant about Mrs. Armin's Armenian food. Armenian food is amazing. What's her deal? I think she'd branch out and try new things eventually. She just needed some time. So you finally took them up on their offer, and that's how the game started? Not really. It's more that it started out when the fiancé ran out on me. All she left was the ring and a pretty matter-of-fact note that explained absolutely nothing. Anyway, I was in a bad spot, and one night I'd been drinking a lot, and literally all I wanted was a warm, flaky, golden-brown toaster strudel. Ugh, the blueberry ones are so good. I mean, right? Exactly right, Dave. That seems like something you can get done in your own apartment, though. Well, my toaster had kicked it, probably from overuse, and the only people I knew were definitely still up were the Armands, because I could hear their chest group through the wall. So I knocked on their door, and I was all, hey, can I get at your toaster to fire up this pastry? And I think she kind of got the sitch. She threw an arm around me and asked me what kind of tea I wanted right away. She sounds really sweet. Yeah, she is. Although things got pretty tense for a second. I like a piping hot strudel, so I started cooking it on setting eight. She straight up smacked me in the face and ripped the plug out of the socket. She muttered something in Armenian and told me, never eight, seven, but never eight. What happens at setting eight? Probably a class action lawsuit and a product recall. Anyway, I sat there watching for a bit while I drank my tea, but Mr. Ryman brought a board over and said, David, you learn. I teach you how to play. And to be honest, I wasn't that into it, and I think Mrs. Armin forced him to, but, I mean, I'd play Hungry Hungry Hippos if it meant more non-frozen strudels. I've been calling you Dave. Do you prefer David? Oh, no, I mean, my friends know I hate it, but when I told him he could call me Dave, he said, Dave is named for boys. A man is called David. And that kind of sums up Mr. Armin. But I kept going back after that. I got a new toaster because I couldn't keep using theirs three times a day, but even after that I kept playing. It... It gave me something else to think about. You eat toaster strudels three meals a day. That doesn't sound very healthy. Yeah, I know. I, I take a multivitamin now because apparently scurvy is an actual thing. But when my fiancé left, the only thing of hers she didn't take was this giant commercial chest freezer full of toaster strudels. She hoarded a lot of food because she thought the end times were near or something. Good head on her shoulders. You said Mr. Armand died, though. Yeah, his appendix burst. He kept refusing help and told everyone he just needed Advil and some cognac. And they even had me try to convince him, but he just yelled, Medicine is for Dave's. Advil and cognac is for David's. And by the time they got him to the hospital, there wasn't a whole lot they could do. It must have been hard losing your teacher like that. I'm not really sure how I feel. 
to be honest, he was kind of a dick sometimes. He never talked to me about anything but chess, and usually just take a dig at me. It was, it was more motivation than help. He seemed to enjoy beating me again and again. And if I miss him now, it's because I wanted to beat him so bad. It's all I thought about for a year. I even quit drinking because I so completely needed to beat him and rub his face in it. I only really feel bad now for Mrs. Armin. Was she the one that realized he'd been resurrected in the toaster? That was actually me. I was playing with the group on our first night without him. And I was kind of stuck on a move, so I just glanced around the room trying to think. And I noticed the toaster blinking one and four over and over again. So when I looked back at the board, A4 was actually a pretty excellent move, so that's what I did. And as soon as I did it, my partner, Mr. Morris, laughed and said something like, you know, it looks like the teacher lives on in the student. I just kind of shrugged it off at the time, but after Morris made his move, the toaster changes again, and it was still a good move. So I showed Morris, and then pretty soon the whole group was just playing against the toaster, and like we all knew for a fact it was Mr. Armin. And Mrs. Armin agreed. Oh, she was through the roof. I kid you not, she hugged the toaster. It was warm because it would heat to whatever setting it was showing as a move. So she said it was his soul that toasted her bread now. Dave, I can't help but think that sounds like a fairly happy ending. I mean, if she's happy, why worry about it? What's the problem? It was great for a while. We all kept playing. The toaster was her husband. And, I mean, between a chess toaster and the actual Mr. Armin, there wasn't that much of a difference anyway. The toaster doesn't live on cognac, but that's about it. Uh, the reason I said none of this is a flattering story is because the problem really wasn't the toaster. The problem ended up being me. Why? So, Mrs. Armin was going back to Armenia to visit her sister, and she asked me to house-sit. She didn't take the toaster? No, I think she was too afraid of taking him out of that space. She couldn't lose him again. I was thrilled she didn't, though, because, like, that was my chance. It didn't matter that he's a toaster. That was my chance to beat him. Literally whatever it took. Uh, why is that a problem? You're just playing a toaster over and over again. The night Mrs. Armin left, the very second she was out of the building, I started playing Mr. Armin. I needed to beat him. It was like acid on my bones. I played him again and again and again. I stopped sleeping, I barely ate for days, and I must have lost a thousand games. Didn't anybody notice? What about work? I used vacation days. Like I said, I needed it. How long did this go on? Longer than I thought. It all ended one night when I went to grab my dinner strudel. And that was it. It was the last one. So I had finished my fiancé's endless supply of hoarded strudels, and I still hadn't heard from her. Which, it was pretty clear at that point that she was gone. So I went back to play Mr. Armin, and everything was going okay. But then I made a move that forced me to play the eighth row, of the eighth column, and it just kind of clicked in my head that, I don't know, maybe it was time to figure out what happened at setting eight, and I just sat there, not moving, watching the toaster, and sure enough, the coil started getting more and more red, and the clock just ticked away, so I had two minutes left in my move before I lost, and I knew he could just turn himself off, he could resign, he could save himself. But we just kept going. One minute, 30 seconds. Sparks started flying out of the slots. I just sat there. 15, 10, 5. And the whole thing tore itself apart. 
nothing but burnt pieces of plastic and metal. The little setting light for setting eight just faded slowly and went dark. Jesus. I say it was longer than I thought because that's when I heard the key in the door. I kind of snapped out of it, but there was nothing I could do. Mrs. Armin looked at me and then back to the toaster. And she looked furious for a second, but she didn't say anything. She just started crying and picking up the pieces. Oh, that's awful. Have you talked to her about it? Tried apologizing? Well, that's why I'm calling. I don't know how any of this works, but I guess it's obviously possible. I mean, he got in the toaster the first time around. Do you know if there's any way I can get him back in it? Like, literally anything. Whatever it takes. I just don't want Mrs. Armin to be alone like this. Even if none of us get it, he meant so much to her. Dave, I don't know. Sometimes things happen the way they're meant to. He arrived in the toaster on his own the first time. But then it was explicitly me that got him out of it. I did that to Mrs. Armin. Even then, you, you may have done her a favor. Her husband, her real husband, was gone, and the toaster could only draw that out. Plus, being mad at you is probably easier than feeling the loss by itself. I'm sure there are lots of people that would gladly take clean, well-directed rage over the amorphous, unwieldy kind of pain we get from losing someone. You also may have done Mr. Armand a solid favor. Who knows what it's like being a toaster. But do you ever feel like you keep doing everything wrong? Like you're bound to end up in the same place over and over, just banging your head against the wall while people around you have to pay for it? Look... Dave, if there's one thing I want you to take home from all this, it's that none of this is your fault. Dave? Dave? Are you serious right now? Really, Dana? Nothing he could do? Were all of my seances a joke to you? These people were hurting and you thought, oh, maybe we should just throw up our hands and do nothing. Go about our days like nothing happened. I don't get it, Dana. Why wouldn't we try absolutely everything we could? You think I summon because I always know it will work? No, I summon because it's the right thing to do. Dana, this puts a rift in my being no crystal can heal. I'll have to ask you for your building key. Your services are no longer required. No, I don't care. You've overstepped yourself. There were things I was willing to let slide, like the chronic lateness and eating in the booth, but this is too far. And did I hear you right? Did you, on the air, using my voice, my voice that our listeners trust, did you tell a caller in crisis to ignore the advice of a pet medium? I feel like I don't even know who you are anymore. What? No. That's fine. I think you've made your stance perfectly clear. No, I don't care. Goodbye. Goodbye, Dana. I suppose we've had an interesting night, listeners. I hope you'll give us some credit in that even the best of programs is due a bad show once in a blue moon, especially if Jupiter happens to be in the eighth house, which, yes, which is now. This night is making marginally more sense. Anyway, I know I wax poetic about the virtues of -of out-of-body experiences often enough on this show, but occasionally they can sour on you, especially if vacating your own body leaves room for another spirit to weasel its way into your mortal form. This is identity theft in the highest degree. I believe I'll say good evening for now. Unfortunately, we won't be having our usual sign-off music as my producer has fled the building. 
I can assure you she will not be coming back. This episode of The Host was led by Sarah Kenny and Eric Kenny. It was written by Sarah Kenny, David John Seltzer, Amy Carver, Sarah Cates, Greenleaf, and Eric Kenny. It was performed by Becca Cates, Greenleaf, David John Seltzer, Michelle Maywes, Jamie Ferguson, Rachel Ewing, Eric Kenny, Mark Crawford, Greg Hundemer, Fossi Hassan, Susan Harmon, Garrett Guyot, Michael Farrow, Sarah Cates, Greenleaf, Mitch Carver, and Sarah Kenny. It was produced and edited by Amy Carver. Music is by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. Thanks for listening, and until next time, good night. Knock, knock. It's little Beethoven. And little nasal spray! Coming live from the 305. I'm a dog. The name's Beethoven, not Rex or Buddy. I fucked up your house, I got it all muddy. I'm the big bad dog, that's what I do. Better move your body when I come through. Airbud. Oh shit, I'm a dog that plays basketball now. Yo, three in the key, that's a foul. Getting rebounds and making layups. I bet on the game, it's time to pay up. I won. What am I do with all this money? Go to the strip club, support local business Live nude girls, I'm altruistic Took all my ones like an alien abduction Don't need to sweat, it's a tax deduction Yeah, I'm a little nice of spray. Silver Kruger on the track. Yo, 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 I'm the big bad spray and use a booger. When allergies come, I'm sweet like sugar. You're sneezing a lot, you sound like a bitch. Don't double cross me, you'll die in a ditch. Boom, outdoor funeral, everyone's sick. You want some spray? You gotta suck my Not all dogs go to heaven. Woof woof.